Hello, visionaries. Another bit of big news. We are not done yet. We have a real passion and one high mission for spreading the good news as far and as wide as we possibly can to those who don't know that there is a way out. No matter how different our own personal concerns, we are bound together by one common responsibility to carry the message to the suffering compulsive overeater. A vision for you is global and has but one primary purpose and obligation to reach a broader population. How can we carry this message of hope to the ends of the earth with such lively testimony, our depth and weight, daily? By duplicating? Precisely. That's what we do each day. So, on Monday, February 20th, 2017, A Vision for You will crack open the big book again at an additional time, five days a week. Starting at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Central, 8 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time, and 7 a.m. Pacific Time is when we'll start this new meeting. To all representing the 50 countries that come to check us out daily, 50 countries that come to check us out daily, and to those that are currently studying with us, You will find us, perhaps, at a more convenient time. But for those abroad, those parents getting those kids off to school, just before the the dinner is served, the rise and shine gang in some countries, and after the late, late show in others, dial in. Dial in Ecuador, Toronto, and New York, Germany, Czech Republic, and France, Cameroon, UK, and England, Republic of Moldova, Israel, and New Zealand, Australia, and China. We are eager to get started. Come and join us. Now, let's begin our meeting today. Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Santa H., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Today is February 13th, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page five, the fourth paragraph beginning with, I woke up, this had to be stopped. Today's readings are The Twelve Steps, Jane S., The Twelve Traditions, Mary Mary Agnes Y., and reading the literature today are Leanne W., Christine M., and Lisa B. The share ID number for February 12th 2017, our special edition meeting is 9591. 9591. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA 
to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Always fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jane S. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Jane S. from New Hampshire. I am a compulsive overeater. The 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for the knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. And thank you, Jane S. I will now ask Mary Agnes Y. to please read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is uh, Mary Agnes Y. I'm a compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. A loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 9. OA as such ought never be organized 
but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. A public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. And thank you, Mary Agnes Y. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on a direction for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose remind us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press 1, star 1, to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 5, beginning with the fourth paragraph. I woke up. This had to be stopped. We'll be reading three paragraphs ending with, I might as well get good and drunk then, and I did. The first two paragraphs will be read for context, and comments will be focused on the last paragraph that begins at the bottom of page five and ends at the top of page six. I will now ask Leanne W. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Leanne W. from Massachusetts. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. All right, terrific. Good morning, everyone. I woke up. This had to be stopped. I saw I could not take so much as one drink. I was through forever. Before then, I had written lots of sweet promises, but my wife happily observed that this time I meant business, and so I did. Shortly afterward, I came home drunk. There had been no fight. Where had been my high resolve? I simply didn't know. It hadn't even come to mind. Someone had pushed a drink my way, and I had taken it. Was I crazy? I began to wonder, for such an appalling lack of perspective seemed near being just that. Renewing my resolve, I tried again. Some time passed, and confidence began to be replaced by cocksuredness. I could laugh at the gin mills. Now I had what it takes. One day, I walked into a cafe to telephone. In no time, I was beating on the bar, asking myself how it happened. 
as the whiskey rose to my head, I told myself I would manage better next time, but I might as well get good and drunk then, and I did. Good morning. This is Leanne W. from Massachusetts, Recovered Compulsive Reader. And I'm so grateful this morning that we are here and we're reading this because so much comes to mind for me. When I entered into this program, I've shared in the past, but uh, I wasn't overweight when I came into this program. I actually um, came in as an anorexic and struggling uh, using diet pills, laxatives, exercise, binging, stopping myself a great length period of time, months sometimes, um, consuming nothing but two saltines, a glass of skim milk, and a handful of vitamins. And so this was my attempt to remain thin and doing anything I could because I was run. Everything I did was focused on body image uh, until sometime later when I um, ended up in the hospital with heart problems and intensive care. Only then did I realize that this crazy behavior that I was doing to remain in the the size um, jeans that I wanted to be in had to be stopped. Um, and shortly after that, I went into OA. I struggled for a long time in OA because I didn't identify with a lot of the stories. Um, although through all of my attempts to try to control my eating, um, I did eventually end up about 100 pounds heavier and and saw that uh, I just couldn't do it. Uh, for years, in a way, I, I just struggled with um, maintaining my abstinence and working a food plan, and that was as far as I ever got in OA. But I did have periods um, which I thought were recovery, which was really just focused on getting back down to my goal weight. Once I got down to my goal weight, then I could laugh at everyone, and, and, you know, I could laugh at all of the crazy attempts, but that didn't cure me. I mean, that getting down and maintaining my diet didn't cure me. And I'll never forget, I was in OA for, for several years maintaining this thin body with uh, group support and um, went to a birthday party and everybody looking at me told me that I deserve to have the pizza, I deserve to have the cake, I deserve to have the ice cream. And so I thought I did. And um, once, I, once I ate those things, I was off and running and um, gained all the way back and then um, and have struggled. Uh, for a long time in and out of the doors of OA, trying to find what I thought was a recovery, which always meant just calling my food into my sponsor every day. And um, and it wasn't until I entered into this room on the phone, which I was always told phone meetings don't work, but um, for me, they, this phone meeting was my salvation because through this program, I learned um, all that I needed to know and receive the spiritual recovery that is promised through the ninth step and able to share it with others. And so, uh, you know, I'm gratefully for today, those days are gone behind me, but I know it's contingent on my working these programs one day at a time. And so with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Leanne W. And who would like to comment for approximately three minutes on the last paragraph that was read? This is Bella Kenaiser. Reva P. Holland. I heard Bella G. Holland G. I heard Reva P. Melissa C. Larry. Amanda R. Okay, I heard um, Larry. I heard Melissa. And I think I heard I heard um, Amanda R. Yes. Okay. Kelly S. 
What was that last one? Kelly. Kelly. S. Okay. This is who I have. I have Harlan G. Bella G. Reva P. Larry K. Melissa C. Amanda R. And Kelly S. And good morning to you, Harlan G. Good morning, Santa. Uh, This is Harlan G., a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Can I be heard okay? Yes, you can. Oh, thank you. I'm exhausted. I did Big Book this weekend in Santa Barbara, California, so I'm like, my voice is terrible. But anyway, glad to be here this morning. This is a period of time in Bill's life prior to him knowing what the illness is and prior to him discovering any type of solution for that problem. If we look at the paragraphs from I woke up, this had to be stopped, and shortly afterward, he's trying to diet with group support. But let's take a look at the paragraph that we're commenting on because there's one. He walked into a cafe to telephone. Now, I'm, I'm filled with question here. There was no phone at the barber shop. There was no phone at the candy store. There was no phone at the auto repair place. He has to walk into a cafe to telephone because he was already plotting his excuse to Lois why he got drunk. He was going to say to her, Lo, I just walked in there to make a telephone call. And he all of a sudden got drunk. And then what happened? Why did he take the first drink? reason that he took the first drink wasn't any other reason than the buildup of everyday human emotion that he had been carrying around with him from not drinking. And the pain of not drinking was so intense, so unbearable, so unrelenting, so debilitating that even though liquor had cost him everything he ever had, every shred of decency, every every piece of pride that he ever had went the way of the bottle, he took a drink when he went in there to make a telephone call. And then what caused him to get drunk was the physical allergy. So one might say, well, don't put yourself in the position where you eat food or drink liquor. wouldn't make a difference. I would seek it out. And how many times, though, had I, have I said to myself, I might as well eat all the Oreo cookies because tomorrow I'm going to go on my diet. Tomorrow is going to be different. But it never was until I had recovery, until I had a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps in a book called Alcoholics Anonymous and a fellowship in Overeaters Anonymous. And when he says he might as well get good and drunk then, and I did, I have been there many, many times. I was the mayor of that town. I was the mayor of Hopeless Town. I was the mayor of What's the Use Anyway Town. And I'm sure some of you were on the board of directors of that town as well. I'm real glad to be back this morning. I'm real glad to be on Vision. I can't wait for these other meetings. And I'll see all of you in September in Newark, New Jersey at the convention. Be there or be square. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Holland G. And next we have Bella G. Good morning. Thank you, Santa. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, Santa, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. 
I would manage better next time. Yes, this was me. You know, I didn't know how to live the present. I was very much scared to live the present. The past, you know, I, 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 know already, I knew already that the past is not my friend. I was angry, upset, disappointed, jealous, etc. And I, you know, for me, it was a dream to run to the, to the future. And I lived in a dreamland. Yes, now it's, you know, it's okay. Now I am finishing the old cake, even though I wanted to eat only one piece. But tomorrow I know and I promise you that it will be better. Yes, today, this minute, I am, you know, I am taking a frozen pizza from the freezer and I eat it. But tomorrow I promise and I know that tomorrow it will be better. Tomorrow I will not touch frozen food. Tomorrow I will be in control. You know, I didn't know how to live the present. I was, I was scared. I was scared to live with my feelings. I, you know, it wasn't comfortable for me to feel all those feelings like pain and fear and anger. So for me, it was the easy way. Tomorrow, tomorrow. But I never came to that tomorrow till I came to the, prog- to the program. And thank you, God. Thank you, God. Today I am not connected to my ego. Today I am connected to a higher power. And yes, today I choose to live the present one day at a time and sometimes one minute at a time. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. And thank you, Bella G. And good morning, Reva P. Hi, good morning. It's Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. This paragraph just highlights for me my obsessive thinking and the greatest obsession that I had um, was that someday, somehow, um, somewhere I am going to be able to eat like a normal person and I'm going to be able to control this thing. And I love when he says, I just renewed my resolve and I tried again because I tried again and again and again. And every morning I really meant it. I woke up and what I would do is I would restrict all day and control and control and control. And by the time I got home from work, I closed the door and just binged till I fell asleep in my clothes um, and was in a total food fog. And every morning, woke up saying the same thing. Every night, did the same thing. Um, And I didn't know. I wasn't educated. I didn't know that I had um, an allergy to certain food substances and behaviors and ingredients. I didn't know that. And I didn't know about the obsession of the mind. I was just in it. um, And I could not get out for the life of me. And I love when he says, you know, I'm going to work on this and this will be better tomorrow, but now I can just do whatever. And it was like that with the food. And I've got to watch it in abstinence, in recovery. You know, there is no... There's no tomorrow. There's no in three hours from now. Recovery is this minute right now because that's where God is. God isn't in tomorrow. It's like right this moment. Um, And what am I doing right now? Um, So thank you, God, for this program. I don't have to live 
wishing and hoping that tomorrow is going to be a better day and basically never living um, and in the meantime killing myself. Um, and I, I'm now educated. I know that I'm not supposed to know. I'm not supposed to fix my problem myself. I'm supposed to get myself out of the way and work these steps so I have access to a power greater than myself because I repeated it over and over that my way does not work. With that, I pass. And thank you, Reba P. And good morning to you, Larry Kay. Good morning, Santa. Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Okay, great. Good morning. Thanks for your service. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I'm going to talk about renewing my resolve um, in program, in Overeaters Anonymous. I oftentimes renewed my resolve. This, this wasn't working for me. I don't know about you. It wasn't working for me. Uh, there's something wrong either in this program. Either it's fantasy, it's nonsense, or I'm not doing it right. It was one or the other. I, I can tell you today I know the answer to that because I had a spiritual awakening that drove out this obsession, among other things. I wasn't doing it right. I can analyze why I wasn't doing it right, and I could you know, blame others for not telling me what to do. I could do, it doesn't matter. I'm just telling you I wasn't doing it right. So oftentimes I renewed my resolve in program. Ah, you know that feeling? You might be there this morning. I was there so many days in program, years in program, going to meetings, doing all the things, using the tools, dabbling in the steps. It wasn't working for me, but I would renew my resolve. The thing was, is I had, for me, I can tell you emphatically, I had untreated, I had an untreated condition. It didn't matter that I wanted it, I needed it, I deserved it. It wasn't working for me. I had, you know, in, in, in the chapter on page 25, there is a solution. It, it told me why it wasn't working for me. It said almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the confession of shortcomings, which this process requires for its successful consummation. If I don't do those things precisely as laid out in this big book, I'm not going to get what some of you have received by the grace of God. I didn't. So I had to continue to renew my resolve. Some people don't renew their resolve. They leave or they die. It's sad. It says, but we saw that we really, you know, really worked in others and we've come to believe in the hopelessness and futility of life as we had been living it when therefore we were approached by those in whom the problem had been solved. There was nothing left for us but to pick up this, this simple kit of spiritual tools laid, laid at our feet. That's ultimately, I just had to work the steps and I had to do it very quickly and I had to do it precisely, not perfectly, because I couldn't do it perfectly if I tried. But once I did it in sequence, it happened very quickly. And you know, it's never left me because there's a contingency. It says I have to remain in fit spiritual condition. It's not hard. It's not hard to do that. I'm still a flawed, imperfect human being, but the obsession left me. I don't have to renew my resolve today. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. And thank you, Larry Kay. And good morning to you, Melissa C. Hi. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, I mean, you know, when I read this, it's just um, – just how delusional this disease has made me, you know, and this is where I can really identify in with Bill 
because I I made those vows, you know, as I was putting the food in my mouth, um, I was comforting myself with tomorrow I'm going to be different, you know, and so um, I could be ingesting my poison, you know, knowing that I was in deep trouble, but it's okay because tomorrow is going to be different, you know, and and that fantasy brought me a lot of comfort, um, it, which is insane because I knew, scratch the surface, I knew I was the same person tomorrow that I am right now, and um, and I was not going to be any better equipped, you know, to put it down. There were no Magic Mondays, you know, but those Magic Mondays let me eat like a lunatic on Friday night, you know, because um, once I put it in my body, you know, I'm no longer making any decisions. And so when I when I say those things, well, I may as well just go crazy now, that's assuming that I have some control. And, and the truth is I don't. You know, once I put the things in my body, all bets are off. And, you know, years ago um, I was at a Weight Watchers meeting, and the Weight Watchers lecturer was telling, like, this story, this this analogy about how, She had this beautiful dinner party, and everything came off without a hitch. And when she was cleaning up, she dropped, you know, one of her finest dishes. And and then she proceeded to smash every dish that she owned, you know. And she was trying to show us, you know, the people sitting there, that just because you have a slip, just because you – you know, go off of your diet at the time, it was a diet, you don't have to throw it all away. You know, and that makes perfect sense to um, somebody who doesn't have what I have. But, you know, if I drop that glass, I am smashing everything because that's the allergy of the body, you know. And so I can make every promise um, in the midst of a binge that tomorrow is going to be different. But, you know, the Resolving means that I'm going to be re-solving something. I'm going to be redoing something. And those solutions never worked. You know, what has worked is decisions, you know, decisions to cooperate um, with the program of recovery. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. And thank you, Melissa C. And good morning, Amanda R. Good morning. This is Amanda R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Maine. And I was looking at that part where it says uh, confidence began to be replaced by cocksureness. And it's not a word in my vocabulary, cocksureness. I don't, I don't use that. So I looked it up, and it says overconfidence or a feeling of assurance, often without a good reason, and. Yes, um, me on diet or abstinent without the steps. I'll start feeling good. I'll start feeling confident. I'll start feeling overconfident. I've got this thing. I'm okay. And pretty soon, um, for some, like we say, insanely, insanely trivial reason, I'm I'm back in the food. But the confidence part, being recovered, I am I am confident in my recovery. I am not afraid that I'm going to relapse. Now, that confidence comes from 
remaining cleanly abstinent and working the steps, doing those specific actions every day, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. But they, we talk about that, you know, the feeling like we're placed in a position of neutrality, that this, this safety, this confidence is, is a beautiful thing to not always be worrying, am I headed back into the food? And I kind of like, I like illustrations, so I, I think of it like this. Um, I myself get blinding migraines, just like agony, about three days of, of completely out of commission, throwing up, awful. Um, but there's this medication I take, it's a cheap little medication. When I start to get the aura, I take the pill, and the aura goes away, and I'm fine. So I, I have then avoided um, three days of horrible, horrible, awful agony. So that's kind of like, I am I am confident because I have those pills. Now, cocksureness would be like, well, you know, I, I'm not going to get migraines anymore. I don't need to bring these pills with me. I'm fine. And to turn it into, you know, a food illustration, I'm, you know, I've been abstinent for a long time. I've lost my weight. I'm feeling good. I, I can have just one. Now, that is cocksureness. Confidence is, is different. Confidence is admitting I will never um, have lose this bodily allergy and the tendency towards the mental blank spot. And so I have the pill, which is the steps, and it saves me the agony. And I am thankful. I hope that made a little bit of sense. (laughs) And um, I'll pass with that. And thank you, Amanda R. And good morning, Kelly S. Hey, this is Kelly S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oklahoma. Um, well, pretty much everything I wanted to say has been shared, but um, I just really relate to Bill's story and um, the resolve and all that. I've been on this program for 30-something years. You know, I'm just coming up on two years of recovered abstinence. So I understand that resolve in and out of these rooms, you know. Um, before I came into the programs, you know, I didn't understand, the, you know, the physical allergy and the mental obsession. You know, they say we didn't know what we didn't know. We couldn't see what we couldn't see, and I couldn't. I didn't know any of it, and couldn't see any of it. And you know, other people said this that that uh, hope for tomorrow gave me some. It was like the only reason I could live. I mean, I, I never had the courage to kill myself. I dreaded every day, but that hope that tomorrow would be different. I always joke and say it's like Scarlett O'Hara. I'm this strong woman, but you know what? With it cutting to food, I'm like, I'll think about that tomorrow. You know, in the meantime, I might as well binge and that's why we can or at least I could put on phenomenal amounts of weight in short periods of time you know being over 100 pounds overweight so then I come in the rooms and you know I thought I was working the program I didn't know what I didn't know and um, you know I did that resolve just like Larry talked about every day I worked my program I thought but I was doing it like a diet you know I would <clears throat> I would just do the tools I didn't understand. I didn't know the program was in the big book. I didn't understand that. And it took vision for you to show me the book that had been there since 1938 and show me a different way to do this. And, you know, we hear that all the time. It's about, you know, it's not for people who uh, need it. It's not for people who want it. And it was in vision for you that I heard it's for people who do it. And that's what I didn't know. And I didn't know I wasn't doing it. You know, whether, whether, you know, like Larry had said, you know, people weren't saying it or I wasn't hearing it, but, you know, my eyes are open today to the solution, which is 
doing the instructions in the big book. And for the first time, you know, I, I'm 54 and I came in these rooms at 20 and for the first time, you know, two years ago, I picked up this big book and worked it out of the, the, bit, the book, you know, as it's laid out, didn't skip around, didn't just work a bunch of questions out of booklets, you know, didn't just use the tools, I used the tools to help me work the steps. And now today I can actually say I'm recovered and I had given up hope. So today, I live in today. I don't live in a hope for a better tomorrow. I mean, today is as good as it gets. I'm, I'm better than I've ever been and I'm grateful today that I finally can see the solution. And not only I see it and I know it, I'm actually willing to do it. And that's the thing I'm most grateful for because it's been there since 1938. It's been there since I was 20 years old. But today I'm finally willing to take the action. And uh, I'm just so grateful today for this program and all you guys on this meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Santa, for your service. And thank you, Kelly S. Uh, we are on page five. Um, comments is on that last paragraph at the bottom of the page that begins to renewing my resolve. And to the top of page six, that ends with, and I did. That's what our comments are focused on today. So who else would like to continue? With Nancy R. R. Renata R. R. Nancy A. I think you Nancy A. Raquel. Amanda B. Amanda B. Okay, this is who I have so far. I have Nessa R, Nancy H, Raquel from Israel, Amanda B. Who else? Deb W. Deb W. Carolyn S. H. David E. S. H. And I heard a male a male voice. David E. David E. And it was one other voice that came in there. Janice B. Janice B. Okay. Let's see how far we get. Okay, this is who I have. Nessa R., Nancy H., Raquel, Amanda B., Deb W., Carolyn S. H., David E., and Janice B. Good morning, Nessa R. Good morning, Santa. I'm always amazed that you can hear everybody in this jumble of voices. Uh, good morning, Vision, for you. It's Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. And I love this paragraph because it's a, it's a very quick example of how the obsession of the mind and the allergy of the body interplay one another and take control over us. You know, when Bill walked in to that cafe, he was sober and he was under the control of the mental obsession, which was telling him all these lies, you know, Bill, you know, just going to the cafe, you can make a phone call there and get out, you know, it's going to be fine because he can only drink on a lie. He could never drink on the truth. You know, if he had told himself, you know, Bill, just go into that cafe, you know, the, you know, forget about the phone call, just go to the bar and get yourself nice and drunk and then go and have a fight with Lois. You know, he, he, he would have behaved differently, I would like to, I would like to think. So, so the mental obsession drives us to make these seemingly unimportant and unrelated decisions that set us up for failure. And of course, once the substance was in him, once you know he had the the, the, the drink in his belly, the uh, the allergy took over, right? So he might as well get good and drunk then. Now he had no ability to to stop because 
um, he was in the grips of the phenomenon of craving. You know, he was physically unable to stop. Um, so he continued on. And I did that so many times, those seemingly unimportant, unrelated decisions. You know, I'm on my diet. I go to the supermarket to go to, to uh, buy groceries, and I decide, you know what? I see that's my, my kid's favorite snack. I'm going to buy a couple of bags, and, you know, I'm going to give them to them as a treat or, or whatever. And I come home, and I, I'm playing with my kids. and like, oh, I have that treat. I'm going to open it up and pour it into a bowl, and, and they can have it. And then I say, oh, you know what? Like, I can just try a little bit. I like, I like it too. And, you know, just if I just have a tiny little bit, it won't hurt me. But then what happens? You know, those seemingly un, unrelated, unimportant decisions, all those lies that I told myself lead me to the first bite. And then I eat the whole bowl and it's like, oh, it's a good thing that I bought two bags, you know. And then tomorrow, tomorrow I, 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 um, I'll start my diet again. And then tomorrow comes and I remember that second, the second bag. And it's like, okay, this time is going to be different because I know what happened yesterday. And today I'm going to do it differently. And I open up that bag and put it into the bowl and I do the exact same thing, you know. It's, 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 um, it's uh, cunning, baffling, and powerful. Uh, how the cycle of disease just sucks us in um, without us almost even noticing. And it's all those lies that I tell myself because if I told myself the truth, then I wouldn't have an excuse um, to eat. And uh, with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you, Nessa R. And I just want to ask if everybody can stay under three minutes. This way we can possibly get everybody in. Uh, I'll be greatly appreciative. Next we have is Nancy H. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, you can. Okay. Good morning, Santa. Good morning, all fellow visionaries. I'm Nancy H. from Massachusetts, and I'm a recovered compulsive overreader, grateful for today. Um, when he talks about uh, his confidence being high because he was doing it, finally he had made it. I remember being overconfident and arrogant when I was on diets when I was a teenager, not knowing anything about this program. And I remember um, my memory that comes back to me is laying on the couch on Friday night with my bag of chips and my candy bars and telling myself that I'll, I'll definitely do better come Monday. So I've got permission now. I've given myself permission to eat, and I can eat peacefully without guilt. And I did that many, many weekends, and I always laugh when I'm talking, speaking that I, um, I had a last supper every Sunday night. And um, But Monday morning came, and it didn't last very long. It only lasted maybe a day, and then I was off and running until the weekend, and then it was Friday night again. So it was a vicious cycle. I was like the hamster on the wheel. And um, I remember somebody saying to me, you're not a bad person trying to be good. You're a sick person trying to be well. And I remember thinking, gee, you know, if I'm a sick person, that's great, because now I have an illness, and I sort of, uh, use that as a, an excuse to eat. But then when I joined this program, I've been in the program for like 41 years, and I, when I joined the program, I did it with diet support, and we worked the steps to a certain extent, but not like in the big book. And so I was never happy, joyous, and free, even when I was abstinent. And then finally I heard Vision for You, and I realized that the recovery was really, there were a lot of people recovered here, and they seemed to be doing it, and so now I have, like, a healthy fear of the food, but not a fear that I'll go back to eating again. I feel as though I'm safe and protected as long as I'm doing 
that 10th and 11th step every day and if I'm helping others. And as, as long as I do that, I have the confidence, but not overconfident, that I'll be able to stick to this program and not um, go back to my old horror of eating again. So I think I'll pass with that. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you so much, Nancy H. And next we have is Raquel. Raquel, thank you so much for your service. And hello to all my dear friends and family there. This, um, I'll set my timer, but please help me too, because sometimes I ignore it. I get very excited about especially paragraphs like this. this <clears throat> really, you know, um, there's sometimes a little overlapping. It all step one, the descent into hell for, for Bill and for us, all this wonderful sharing, everybody sharing about, about me, about this sentence, was I crazy? This is the insanity, the insanity that God is going to remove from us, hopefully in step two, but to admit the insanity, he's asking himself, what am I, insane? With all this intelligence, with all this success in the army and in the stock market and everything, am I crazy? The answer is yes, you know, but he's got to find out that resounding yes, I had to find out for myself. You see, for me, it was all the time, you know, like undercover, preparing food for others that I could not eat and always tasting whether it's good enough already. Say, if this lady just had her ninth baby and there's so many kids in the house, of course I will make her a big pot of soup. And I'll make sure that there's lots of potato things there, which I cannot eat. And every time I'll taste whether the soup is ready, how amazing. There will always be a piece of potato on the spoon. So it's, it's beyond my power to, to make it differently. I've made many soups since then that had no potato in it and were just as tasty. Now, look, you know, it is, I'm taking away... Uh, um, well, she's from Florida. I will remember in a minute her name, but she pointed out at one other meeting. Do you notice how many eyes there are in this little paragraph? I, I counted 13. Maybe other people are better counters than me. And it's all I, 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 self-reliance, self-reliance, self-reliance. And it says on page 68, we asked ourselves why we had them. Fears, the fear that I'm not good enough, there'll be not enough, everything is not enough. Wasn't it because self reliance failed us? Poor Bill, poor me, poor us. We all the time going under self reliance, and like hot iron had to, to beat on my hands to let go, to just the, the fear, the, the pain of being this way had to get bigger than the fear of letting go and trying something else. And I'm so grateful for Vision for you and for program. It took me 30 years of, of off and on, of, of getting up and falling down. Yes, I, I will wrap up. Thank you so much, all of you, for being there, and I pass. And thank you, Raquel. And next we'll have is Amanda B. Hi, this is Amanda B. from Toronto, Canada. I'm a compulsive reader. I um 
I'm really grateful to be on this meeting. I'm in a in a hotel traveling with my husband in Atlanta. And uh, the first thing that I would have done is try to steal as much fruit <laughs> as I can from the, uh, the check-in or whatever was there, candies or anything, whatever was there. Um, and then I'd make sure to go work out and then I'd stare at the scale in the... Um, in the change room and keep obsessing about getting on it. And I, and I heard in this passage about, I just want to be like other people. That's it. It's like, I, and I have such a hard time accepting. I am not like other people when it comes to this. And if I want to completely say and believe, if I choose the belief that I'm not like other people, then I get freedom. And this has been in my 13 or 14 years in, in the program, such a hard concept of I'm not like other women, I'm not like other people. And there was always an excuse, like someone was sharing that, you know, Bill could have gone in the candy store, he could have gone somewhere else, um, but he chose a cafe. And that's the same thing. There's always a reason why I can't do it. Well, I just had kids. Well, I just had my second kid. Well, I just, whatever, 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 whatever. And What's funny is there's so many excuses and just one solution for me. And I can't say that, you know, every day I want to do the solution. I don't want to do the solution, but I'm 100% willing to do the solution. And at some point it changed from I want to be thin, I want to be thin, to I just don't deserve to kill myself anymore. I don't deserve to hurt myself anymore. And I don't know if that happened for a lot of the alcoholics in the book. I think they just got close to death and, and then turned around for me and decided... Every time I'd have one of those, I guess, you know, like an AA bender type thing or my binges, I just felt like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to not sleep the night. I don't want to wake up sick if I go to sleep. I don't want my kids to see me, blah, blah, blah. And I think what I hear here is just follow the book and there's the one solution and the one answer. And it's there for everybody and anyone who is willing because I don't know that many people want it, but a lot of us, and it's including me, can be willing one day at a time. So um, thank you for sharing this reading, and, and thank you all for being here. And thank you, Amanda B. And next we have is Deb W. This is Deb W. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, Deb W. from Oklahoma, uh, recovered compulsive eater. Uh, the the a line I wanted to share about is. Um, Let's see. Uh, I told myself I would manage better next time. You know, I think that that is such a um, important sentence or a few words. I told myself I would manage better next time, and the deal of it is, is I somehow cannot separate the idea of this is something I cannot do. I can never do it. It will never work. I have stepped into a realm of uh, inability to fix something, no matter whether my parents or the society said that you can do anything you want to do if you try hard enough. I cannot. And I think a lot of times this is what separates us from being able to get well, to understand that there is a power greater than me involved in this uh, step process. And Bill W. even says, now about God. 
this is introduced because it is essential to know that there are things I cannot do. I will never be able to do. This is one of those. And, you know, the, the, the point, part that, that I see we, you know, we have a pivotal, uh, what's pivotal is the point that we say, I don't want to eat this anymore. And we put that down and then we notice that something changes. We notice it. I didn't do it. I didn't say put this down and I won't do it. But it with these methods, I won't do it. No, I noticed that I don't have to pick it up. I noticed that when I put this down this time, I can flow along. And I I look up and I've got a day. Then I look up. If I do the same thing, I have another day. There is a power that comes to us that changes us. And you know this power starts with that magic and it goes into the magic of my person, you know, the person I want to be, the spirit that I want to change and and you know, it gives it goes into the pause that I now have when I get ready to confront a you know, a bedevilment that I had before. It goes into the step work that I work when the memories come back that are necessary for me to address. I can't come up with those thoughts. This power brings those thoughts that are affecting me today. You know, it goes into the uh, the desire to help others, to desire to be different. And so, you know, I just encourage, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I just encourage that we watch for the change that happens to us and we let go of what we are determined to try to fix ourselves. Thank you, I pass. And thank you, Deb W. And next we're going to have David E. Good morning. Uh, this is David E. from Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, first time, um, first time speaker, uh, recovering compulsive reader. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you for having a vision for you. It's a really encouraging. Um, Really encouraging um, meeting for me. Just want to comment briefly on three words in this paragraph, which really strike me hard. One is cocksureness, one is resolve, and one is, oh, well, let me do those two first. So cocksureness, um, I just abbreviated as cocky. Um, I'm, uh, I had seven months of not eating, of, of being abstinent, but I wasn't really recovering. And I got cocky, and I relapsed. So I, I, uh, I feel that word. Um, resolve. I've got plenty of resolve. It's kind of my middle name. I'm really used to being able to fix things, and uh, I can't fix this on my own. Um, so I know that I need the program. I'm, um, I am recovering. Got a great sponsor, and working through, struggling through working through the steps. Um, the third thing I'll comment on is at the end of the paragraph, I might as well get good and drunk then. So, um, you know, that that's part of my experience now. If I have that one or two bites, those one or two bites, uh, you know, there's always tomorrow. But as for now, you know, may as well um, shove the food in. Um, but I have hope through the my have power my community here in Alpharetta 
and um, the vision for you and the big book um, that it's that it doesn't have to be this way forever and that it won't be this way forever. And with that, I pass. And thank you, David E., and welcome. And please join us again and come back and share and be a part of this meeting. And Janice B., I hope that you would join us for the second hour. Um, fortunately, we didn't, weren't able to get to you. Um, but please join us for the next hour if you can. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Um, please join us for the second unrecorded hour of studying immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Christine M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Christine M., star one. Yes. Hello, everyone. Good morning. My name is Christine M., and I am recovered, gratefully recovered, in Missouri. Sorry, I have to get to the page real quick. Um, Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. Feed to him if your relationship with him is right. And great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.